Shoulda, coulda, prada. Welcome, Welcome to Realm, a podcast for Xennials. Hi. Hello. Welcome to episode seven, lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. What's I happening? What's going on? Tell it. me everything. Um, not much. You know, living that quarantine dream. Is it still uh, hot as balls there? No, actually, we've had a really nice week. We had the, the like cold front came through. So we've been actually been able to be outside, which has been oh. lovely. Hey, girl. Yeah, I know. It really is quite life changing. I'm uh, I'm already trying not to think about what's going to happen if this shit is still going on in like January, because you know oh. me in winter, man. Do I know you in winter? Do you not know me in winter? <laughs> I mean, I've known you in winter. Yeah. Well, that was college, though. I could do a lot of drinking. Oh, wait, do you not <laughs> like the cold? I, I feel like I should remember this, but I'm not. No, you know what's funny, actually, is that it has it has progressed as I've gotten older. Um, so I, I definitely have some serious seasonal affective disorder. Oh, um, that. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so, like, what is her thing about the winter? Winter like? Winter's real hard for me. I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, you know. You know. It's not that long here. <clears throat> So it's fun. There's this um, fish oil I sometimes use, and it's called the fish oil plus joy. That, I'm sorry, is real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called that? <laughs> because, like, a certain amount of fish oil has, in studies, have shown to help with mild depression. Well, uh, great. Because um, it is also supposed to help with my PCOS. So uh-huh. I'm already taking it. Fantastic. Uh, so that'll be great if that has a supplemental benefit for me. Mine does not have the joy in it, though. So I oh, mean, well, I guess it's probably not going to work all that well. <laughs> You're throwing shade at me. You know, since last time we I, talked, I had an earthquake. I, what is it like to be in an earthquake? I just can't even imagine. Have you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing at the thing I'm thinking of in my head. Yeah. Have you ever been to one of the, like, at an amusement park, been to one of those, like, what they call 4D theaters, where, like, they show you a movie, and when it rains, the thing, like, it rains in the movie theater, or, like, there's, like, or like you're, if there's something like vibrate, like going on in the film, like your seat might vibrate. Yeah, uh-huh, okay. A little bit like I, that. I seem to remember something of that when I was like a kid and like there were mice that like got loose on the screen and you thought they were running over your feet. So well, it was awful. that just took it I real did creepy. Not, I did not want to, yeah, it was a miserable, so you're saying earthquakes are the worst. Um, it's sort of like a malfunctioning vibrating bed. Huh. But it depends. There's like, in my experience, there's been two kinds. There's like the rolling kind when like, like the whole building sways back and forth like you're on a boat. Ooh. And then there's like what I call like the vibe, like the shaking kind where like Mm -hmm. everything rattles. 
So those are the two kinds in my experience. Have you lived in places where you were exposed to other kinds of natural dangers? Like yes, here, here we get hurricanes, well, not hurricanes. We don't get hurricanes. No, we get tornadoes. Here we get tornadoes, mm-hmm. but I, that's mostly the South. So like you have never lived anywhere with tornadoes, right? Well, technically, yes. There is a weird area in Northwestern Connecticut uh, that gets tornadoes occasionally, and they actually they got- They get tornadoes in Connecticut? They got one on Sunday, and it blew apart my friend's barn. That is so weird. I didn't think anything happened in Connecticut. Like, period, ever. Nothing. I just thought You remember my friend Becca, there. right? Yes, I do. Her barn hey, got Becca. destroyed. That's so sad. Sorry. Yeah, she actually, like, had to rescue her daughter and, um, like, two minutes before the tornado touched down and- um said like she legit like watched it touch down in her backyard oh my god that's terrifying yeah um i also lived in seattle and we had a cyclone once uh which i think is like closer to a hurricane yeah i think that's true but like because it's the pacific it's a cyclone i don't know right yeah that seems i don't know so, I guess. I just was wondering, like, because I only know about tornadoes, right? Like, I've never lived anywhere that had anything uh, else. Oh, so, I wondered Coast, if earthquakes were scarier. East Coast, we had, actually, earthquakes and hurricanes. Right. Like, 1983 was the only earthquake I had ever been in in New York. Um, it was also the same night my mom took my Ernie doll away. Also, the only night I fell off my bed ever in life. Oh, I know, <laughs> man, your childhood is tragic, but there were some pretty neat things too. I mean, it made me the man I am today. Well, that's true. And you're quite lovely. So we'll be glad for that. Aw, ditto. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> um, so I think we prepared some lists for Oh my god. So I love a list. I love a list. I love any kind of list. You want to do a top 10 list. You want to do I come by this very naturally, right? Like my family, like this is how my dad and my brother and I like enjoy each other's company, right? Like Mm -hmm. we we do like brackets for fun. We talk like my dad was on this kick for a while of like who's the Mount Rushmore of Who's the Mount Rushmore of classical Music. classical musicians? Who's the Mount Rushmore of like rock guitarists? Who's the Mount Rushmore oh. of actresses? Who's the Mount Rushmore of, right? So, Holy which crap. is basically at the end of the day, just making a list. You're just limited. Mm-hmm. So I love a list. It's exciting, it's exciting. What kind of list are we doing today, dear? Um, I believe we settled on, if we were stranded on a desert island, What are the five pieces of media we would take with us? Now, let me ask you a question because we did not talk about this beforehand. So I'm curious to know what sort of parameters did you give yourself when determining what we meant by a piece of media? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, 
I decided when we said a piece of media that um, I made assumptions that this desert island would provide a TV and a stereo. Oh, well, sure, right? Like, you can't, yeah. No, definitely. Like, we're going to assume that this magical desert island has ways to play these things. And electricity. Then it's just a Twilight Zone episode, right? Where, like, you have your favorite DVDs with you and there's nothing you can do with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's... That's terrible. Let's not, no. This, in, a, <laughs> in a magical desert island question, you kind of play. But I mean, like, did you give yourself, like, did you choose single things? Did you choose artists? Like, My entire catalogs? Did you? Collections. Collections. Or like, yeah, they were more like coll- closer to collections or like entire seasons of. Yeah. That's I that's I think that's closer to what I did too because I can't fathom having to take like an episode of television, right? right. Like that's well, yeah. too too panicky. Too mm-hmm, panicky. Mm-hmm. Too hard. Can't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm very curious. Would you like to share one of yours? Sure. So All right, so here you are, desert island, beautiful beaches, hopefully some sort of tan gentleman with a gin and tonic. I mean, it's a magical desert island. We can have whatever we want, right? I mean, we're having a manservant named Hamilton. Oh, okay, great, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Who brings and us, we'll like, drinks with umbrellas in them. Little umbrellas. Little, <laughs> little umbrellas, yes. Little umbrellas and everything. Um, actually, my first, this is my so one- we're, sta- of- we're stranded on a desert island resort, is basically what we're saying. Yes. Yeah, okay. So what are you bringing to your Desert Island Resort? Uh, This is my first and only piece of music that I chose. Okay, okay. Uh, The complete collection of anything that Jamie Cullum has sung ever. Oh, Jamie Cullum. You know, Mm -hmm. he is somebody that I just always forget exists. I'm sorry. Until you bring him up. And I know how much you love him. Mm -hmm. And then I just always forget. He's so talented. For those who don't know, Jamie Cullum is a British jazz singer who is a zennial. I mean, I think he's around our age. Oh, um, I would think so. And he sort of came, got some popularity in the early 2000s when he started doing some jazz covers of current pop right. music. And so he, the complete collection of him covers a lot of basis for me. It covers mm-hmm. some, like, you know, emotional connection stuff, some things, you know, if I need to cry about. It covers some good jazz. It covers some ballads. Then he gets poppy in his own original stuff. And mm-hmm. then he does, like, these great covers of Radiohead through Justin Bieber. Um, right. You know, even some Bruno Mars. Like, so, like, even his, co- like, so it, it covers a lot of touch points for me. If- it, right, and it feels varied. Yes. Yeah, you definitely want that. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're talking about music. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Does this mean well, you go now? Well, that's very exciting. It's very exciting. I, I, I understand that. Yeah, that feels like a great... Um, so I, I went... I had my first three immediately. Uh-huh. Because they're TV shows, right? Sure. Like... And anybody who knows me could guess them, right? Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say all three because it's not even like, like, you could probably guess them. Do you want to try to guess them? Oh, 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 yes. <laughs> um, 
Ooh, this is so, this is a good this is a good little quote. Um, three TV uh, shows: Parks and Rec. Yep. West Wing. Yep. Friends. Oh no. Oh, Buffy. I get another. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Buffy. Yeah, I I like Friends. I mean, I, I have a special nostalgic place in my heart for Friends. I will always love Friends. Uh-huh. Um, but it, 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 it's not, but I love Parks and Rec, Rec way more. Pa- Parks, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Mallage is what brings us to cover today. I love Parks and Rec creation. I sound like CJ when she got her whiskey oh, yeah. taken out. <laughs> I can't do the briefing. CJ. Uh-huh. Canal. <laughs> what? Woo Canal. <laughs> this is not funny at all to people who have not watched West Wing. And no. may I say, if you have not watched West Wing, I don't know what you're doing on this podcast. Go watch West Wing, <laughs> watch West Wing and then you can come back. Um. You know, I, I didn't think you were going to choose Buffy because... In actuality, you've only watched it like two times through, even though we talk about it a lot. That's true. Um, and I will say, I, I that's true, but I love Buffy really, really hard. <laughs> and, Why don't you marry her? I know. Um, I mean, listen, uh, can I have Spike instead? Sure. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of that too. Good to have a little mm-hmm. Spike. That's fun. Um, and I think it has more to say, like if, if I were, if I were having to like, there's more to it, you get to be right. So like, I've watched the show psych a billion times. I've watched burn notice a billion times, but, and like friends too, right. Charmed. I've watched all of those shows many, many times. But Mm -hmm. there's not as much to dig into. There's not as much to think about. There's not as much to analyze. Right. And there's not, like, Buffy, every time I watch, I mean, granted, I've only watched, I've watched the entirety of it twice. Although there are certain, there there are certain episodes and stuff that I've seen way more than that. Um, Right. So, like, like, we also know that, like, Joss Whedon, like, set out to not only tell this story, but it, we also knew it was a metaphor, like the, there was a grander metaphor involved. Right. So there was already saying like, you know, interpretation to be had. Whereas yeah, Friends is a funny, entertaining show, but it kind of is what, what you see is what you get. Right. Yeah. There's not a lot of deeper messaging in Friends. Um, yeah. All right. Well, if we're going to go with the three, I also picked three TV shows. Uh-huh. Um, Do I get to guess? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Will and Grace. Uh-huh. West Wing. Uh-huh. And Golden Girls? No, Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we should have gotten <laughs> extra choices because we both picked West Wing and Buffy. Right? Like, mm. 
That should just be a given. Everybody on the desert island gets Buffy and West Wing for free. Yeah. <laughs> That's what comes pre-programmed. Listen, when I have a resort on an island, <laughs> this is what you get. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, that might be an actual selling point. Like, if I saw, like, a brochure for, like, you know, come to Mexico and stay in this all-inclusive resort, and you get Buffy and West Wing in every room, be like, oh, yeah, that's the one we're going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to have something to do on rainy days, man. Right? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so that means we both only have two left. Two left? No, I have one left. You have one left. Yeah. So I, I still have two left. Okay. And I will say that this one feels a little bit like cheating. Uh-huh. So if you think that it's too much cheating, I can narrow it down. But I would like to take the movies of the Marvel Cinematic. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Um, And I get that it a little bit feels like cheating because there are a lot of them. (laughs) I have a question. I have a question for you. Are we on this island together? I mean, sure. Then this is fine. Okay. <laughs> you, we get to trade DVDs, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, I guess we should pick some different shit then. Um. All right. You ready for my last one? Yes. Which also, I mean, this sort of, in a way, like with the amount of things in this particular mm-hmm. collection, mm-hmm. Uh, the complete works of Meryl Streep. Oh. I feel like similar to Jamie Cullum in music, Meryl Streep mm-hmm. in film has a broad range of genres she has touched. Mm-hmm. Um, from drama to comedy to musicals to fluff to like biopics. Like, so mm-hmm. again, like to rom-com. So a lot of touch points. Yeah. Do you, do you think you've seen all of Meryl Streep's movies? I have not seen a lot of the earlier stuff. Yeah. Like Sophie's Choice. Mm. Um, I have seen postcards from I swear edge. to God, man, even on a desert island, I think you'd only watch that movie once. <laughs> Fair. Well, I mean, I certainly won't ever watch it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's really intense. All right, what's your last one? This is the one I went back and forth um, mm-hmm. a number of times about. So, but I think I'm going to choose the Harry Potter books. The books? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even think about books, but I don't read books. <laughs> I can hardly get through an article these days. Yeah, like I, so I was talking to my mom about this list and she was just appalled that I wouldn't take music. <laughs> like she was just beside herself. She, like her entire list of music. Sure. And I think that's probably true for one of my brothers too. Like I, I get it. I just, I, I went back and forth about picking, picking like some music, but then I'd have to pick like one person. And I just, I don't feel like that works, man. I'd rather have none than like be so limited. I think like, I'll just sing it myself. <laughs> this is assume we we're, we're remembering music from our past, I suppose. Are we, are we going to have, you know, our, our memories intact if we're stranded on a desert island? I'm sorry. Now, now you're making it like a magical desert island? I don't know. 
Would we get to watch West Wing for the first time over again? That's kind of amazing, right? Oh my god, I would love that. What if it was a yeah, a desert island where like you're just dis- you're always discovering it again for the first time? <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Right? Yeah, that would be very cool. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get sometimes I'm jealous of people who get to like start stuff that I've known about for a really long time. Like I'm like, oh man. You're in for such, 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 like, emotion you're in for. Like, such joy and happiness to get to experience that for the very first time. Yeah. I remember watching Game of Thrones for the first time. And after the Red Wedding scene, I I think I immediately texted you. And I think what you said back to me was, I really wish I had asked you to videotape yourself watching that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that didn't happen. There was a thing. There was a thing that people were doing at the time. They were like filming their friends watching that scene. I knew it was coming because Steve had read the books. Oh. And so, like, I had heard them, like Steve and some of his friends and whatever, like talking about the books. So I knew, I knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I, you know, I was a little. I had a little bit of a hard time with Game of Thrones towards the middle there, anyways, just because it got so. So graphically, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I after they murdered all the babies, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna tap out for a couple seasons. Uh, well, I'll, I'll come and, back when the dragons are here. And rewatching the show, I, 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 my, one of my biggest critiques when rewatching it was these battle scenes, like. The gore was the gore, but the battle scenes, like, go on for so long. And I'm like, you, you could have summed this up and it would have been cheaper. <laughs> and we could have, like, moved the story along a little bit. We could have, yeah. Could have moved right along. What if we do another list for next week about, speak, so speaking of magic places, okay. um, we do our top five fantasy lands. Ooh, top five, like, magical places you'd like to go yeah. live? All right. All oh, right. that we'd like to live. Oh, that changes it. Okay, so that's uh, a good question. Is it that we'd like to live or that we enjoy? Okay, top five, top five fictional well, places. Yeah, because I was places. like, you, would you want to live in the Shire, right? Like, because, like, but are we living in the Shire after, like, all the chaos? Right. You know what I mean? Like, makes it a whole different, like, thing. Sure. Like, do I get to be one of the Scoobies if I go live in Sunnydale? Right. Or do I have to be one of the people? Or am I going to be a vampire victim? Right? Like, am I just going to end up dead? Yeah. It's less fun. Oh, that's really interesting. Top five fictional lands that you'd like to be the star of. Okay. Um, What's been on your mind lately? So I had a really interesting conversation with a friend this week, uh, a gay man who um, him and his partner have decided that their biological clocks are ticking, their words, not mine, Um, and that they're looking into having a baby. Mm -hmm. And I always wonder when I hear two gay men talk about having a baby I always question whether or not they actually want to have a baby 
or if the pressures of heteronormative culture makes them feel like they should want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was interesting was during this conversation, my friend was telling me, you know, about a lot of the stuff that they're having to go through with lawyers and surrogacy and don't like, you know, he needs to, the, the one that's donating the sperm is getting their genetics checked and, um, you know, they're doing all the right things and jumping through the right hurdles and it's not easy. Um, yeah. But at the, end of, at the end of the conversation, and he was joking with me, but it was interesting because all of a sudden he started to joke with me. So like, when are you going to have one? It's like, I'm not having a baby. He's like, well, what if it changes? I was like, it's probably not, but I'm not, I'm not counting it out. And he's like, but what if it does? And it was, it was, it's real interesting how, um, it all, in a way, it almost felt like he wanted someone else to do it with that would have, would have a similar situation, which brings me back to feeling the pressure of having a child because other people are pressuring you to have a child or society, you feel like society is pressuring you to have a child. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a really interesting, so I think there are a lot of things that fall under that category, right? Yeah. Having children, getting married, um, maybe certain kinds of careers for some people, or I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of performative acts that people do because we are part of a society that says we are supposed to, right? So are you wearing makeup because you like it? Are you wearing makeup because you're a woman and you're supposed to, right? Right. Like, are you, I, I think there are a lot of things that fit into that category. I know for me personally, I had to take a really hard look. So my husband and I dated for a really long time. Yes, you did. Before we got married. And I was not a spring chicken. And so (laughs) that was very stressful for me. Like I knew he was my person. I knew he was crazy about me. But it was a real struggle to wait for him to kind of get ready to get married. Um, And I had to really, really, there was a period of time where I had to seriously look at what it, why am I so desperate for this? Right? Like, why is it so important to me? Like, yes, I believe in marriage. I have seen good marriages. Like I, 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 I believe in marriage and I wanted to get married, but did I want that more than I wanted him? Like, was I willing to sacrifice this person that I really cared about for that ideal or that that act right like i had to really look at there is a piece of the patriarchy here that doesn't have anything to do with us or our relationship right that like because women are taught that marriage is the end of your movie right like that's that's like you beat the big boss in the video game like 
yay, you beat spinsterhood. You're, you're valid now. You have a someone who loves you. You got married. Like, congratulations, Ariel. You get to, you know, ride off into the sunset on your big pretty boat. Like, that's right. it. That's the end of the movie. Like, that's how it goes. And so if you, if you don't achieve that as a woman, then there's, you, like, you feel such pressure, right? Like, I, I remember complaining to my friends that, like, nobody ever asked him, oh, hey, when are you guys getting hitched, right? right? Like, people gave me shit about it all the time. His family made comments to me. Like, his friends made comments to me. And I was like, you know, this is like a two-way thing here. But it's just because, <laughs> it's just because of the patriarchy, right? Like, yeah. it's just because nobody thinks that like men are supposed to like i'm supposed to rope him into it that's like that's the cliche right like i'm supposed to tie the ball and chain down like um yeah so i think i mean i think it's a similar thing do you do you think the pressure sometimes of straight couples getting married sometimes prolongs the 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 time before engagement because like the pressure just starts to rise and it becomes like a source of anxiety so you just sort of avoid it i mean maybe although i think it probably is more likely that people get married who shouldn't right because they're getting pressured or because they don't because it's like what's next mm -hmm. right like that's what you do when you like somebody and you um and you know especially when you're really young like the consequences of that you don't really understand because when you're 22, I don't think you really have an idea. I certainly didn't have any idea how different of a person I was going to be at 32. Sure. Or at 32, uh, which I definitely still am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, um, you right? are. Right? Totally. Absolutely. Well, don't, don't we all at 20... 223 like think we know we know everything like oh, yeah, I, I feel like you think you know everything my, my the beginning my first part of my 20s was all about me thinking i knew everything and the second part of my 20s was leading up to me realizing i knew nothing oh god i don't know anything at all yeah and and so i think you know people people get married and i'm not saying that it never works to get married that young that's not what i mean i just people don't realize like how difficult that really is and how much you're going to change in those years and really how long of a time that is. Right. Yeah. Like to be with somebody for 60 for years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, like that's a really long time. Um, yeah. And so I think, yeah. And I think, I think people do the same thing with kids, right? Like people rush into having kids because somebody was bugging them about it or it's what they're supposed to do or i mean they're filling up some other kind of hole that's in yeah. their life um and i'm not i don't know that anybody is ever fully prepared to have kids right like i yeah. am i i have i have always been like the mom of my friend group right like i've always taken yes, care of everybody are. i have been a babysitter since I was like seven. Like, like president of the babysitters club. I was president of the babysitters club. Like I, I am a preschool. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. And I tell you at whatever point there are children that show up in my house, 
I'm still going to be surprised at how fucking hard it is. <laughs> like, I'm still going to be like, oh, God, I thought I was prepared and I wasn't prepared. How much you just, do you, yeah. How much do you use your master's in early childhood development on your adult friends? <laughs> 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 and maybe you shouldn't answer that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to plead the fifth. <laughs> Yeah. Let me just say that abnormal child psychology was my favorite and most helpful class. Uh oh, okay. There you go. Um wow. We'll let that one settle in for a second. And we're moving on. Uh <laughs> Yeah, just skip right over that. Don't think about it too hard. Don't don't think about um, it at all. Mm -mm. No, and I just I just think like I mean obviously this applies to to heterosexuals as well, but I just, I, for me, it was, it, this conversation with a friend is twofold. There's the me thinking like either great, you know, they're having a kid or, or it, it's not great they're having a kid. Like, I, I, I'm curious why they're having a kid, but I'm not going to ask them because I feel like it's sort of a taboo thing to like, sure. yeah. to, to challenge people on deciding to have children. Um, not challenge, but like, you know, just ask some questions about it. Question it, yeah. Um, and um, B, there's the selfish part where I've had a lot of friends who've had children, and when they do, rightly so, the children become a huge focal point in their lives, which makes yeah. sense, but I also like, you know, the, the friendship wanes. Yeah. Sure. Um, and yeah, so um, I was just thinking about it, though, in like the sense of assimilation and coincidentally, um, uh, like right the day after I had this conversation, I listened to Jonathan Vanessa's Getting Curious podcast mm -hmm. and the one that happened to play, like cause I play them at random, was about LGBTQ history. And what I was most fascinated about was that LGBTQ history, so much of it has been run from the standpoint of, of assimilation and sort of being fighting for, a, a, fighting for rights that we should probably inherently have. I mean, that you do inherently have. Yes. yes. But that like. That you have, but that people have taken away from you. Yeah. So yes, yeah. thank you. Um, but like with marriage, for instance, like that was a right we, we had and it was taken away. And, yeah. and like, it's sort of like, well, if we assimilate and play and if we're good boys and girls, they'll give it back to us. And I think that that's really interesting when you, when you think about it, because like with a lot of my gay friends, like it's this constant, I'll, I'll use myself as example. There's a constant thought process of like, well, how do I act in these different situations based on who's around me? Code switching. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you find that yeah. as well as a woman? Yes. 
Um, although I will acknowledge as a white woman, it's probably as a, as a straight white woman, um, a cis straight white woman, it's less for me. Um, I, but I think that's what all marginalized peoples are trying to deal with, right? So like that's part of the struggle that's happening now for everybody is like, you for a long time you're trying to make the choice of mm -hmm. of fitting into the culture and trying to achieve within the standards of the culture and trying to and you can't like the the culture is the culture prohibits that the culture is stacked against us right yeah. like the patriarchy and the racist structures that we exist in this country it, in particular because this is where we live and this is what we're talking about but certainly we're not the only country that that exists in um yeah that like for a really long time i think people are trying to they're you're trying to fit in and you get distracted by sometimes people don't notice right that like stuff you're doing I mean, I personally had the journey of like starting to read feminist literature and being like, oh shit, look at all this performative stuff I was, right? Like performative femininity. They talk mm -hmm. a lot about that in um, body positive uh, culture where we're sort of anti-diet and trying to dismantle that piece of stuff. Um, sure. And the idea that like, because I'm in a larger body, I learned like sort of the performative femininity right where like i'm super girly and i'm wearing dresses and heels and makeup all the time but also on top of that i have to be like a cool girl mm. who doesn't like other girls and only hangs out with boys and like i it's a very right so like this is the line that you get taught how to walk huh. is it's it's part of like my own my my like in internalized misogyny right right it, i don't like women girls are dumb wait you're that's what you're saying you've been taught right so like when i was younger right like i had a very hard time finding female friendships and enjoying female friendships because I was competitive with other women mm -hmm. and I was dismissive and all of that was internalized misogyny. Right. And so at some point when you start to realize all this stuff, like you have to work really hard to like wade through and try to figure out, do I want to get married because I'm excited to make that commitment to someone or do I want to get married because I have been taught by the patriarchy I've grown up in that that is my value as a woman that like getting married is the stamp of approval right. that says that I'm valuable. Um, and I think that was particularly hard because I've grown up in a larger body. Um, and so I, I have extra pressure to be like, Oh God, somebody loves me. I'm valuable. I'm valuable. Even though I'm curvy. Or in my case, my family doesn't believe I should get married because they don't want to sexualize me. Right. Yeah. They don't want to allow you to be sexual. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of sexual, I have been stuck on this for months now, and I think it's hilarious. But um, someone brought this to my attention. I think it was actually a meme that when women talk about getting pregnant, they're really talking about, like, fucking. And <laughs> Well, that's true. That's to, how that happened. To, to be crass. But I think it's funny that, like, 
you know, a, a woman can very, it, it, it's, it's a funny thing because like at an office, no one would necessarily think twice if, you know, a woman started a story like, yeah, my husband and I are trying to get pregnant. What she's saying is, my husband is coming in my vagina regularly. Wow. All right. Well, we're getting graphic here on Whelmed. But I can't say, like, you know, I sucked this guy's dick and swallowed last night. I mean, you can. I can. It's but rude. I, but, like, but see, isn't that the th thing you just did there, though? Like. Okay, but I'm saying if the woman in mm -hmm. question came into the office and graphically explained what she'd been doing the night before, that would also be inappropriate. <laughs> True. If you were to say to a coworker who was a friend, right? Like maybe you should say it to your boss, but if you were to say like, oh, and my boyfriend slept over last night and when we got up this morning, you know, he wasn't feeling well or something, that would be fine, right? Like, we're allowed colloquialisms for, I know what, it, I know what you mean when you say somebody slept over. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what that is, but you don't, have to, you, don't, you don't have to be graphic about it. I don't have to put a tie on the doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> on the proverbial doorknob. <laughs> Right? Uh, yeah. Well, can, we, can we go back in time and teach you to put a tie on the proverbial doorknob, <laughs> It was one time! Uh-huh. Wasn't it only Whatever. one time? I... That you I, caught me I, in, 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 what, in Fragrado? How do you, in what's the term? Florante, in I believe in it is. <laughs> <laughs> what's in Fragrado? I don't know. Okay. In, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Nope, I think you made that one up. Um, <laughs> yes, I think that's true. Uh, I I think there was I think there was just one incident in our years of living together. Do you remember who it was? No. Okay. I mean, because I don't I I don't remember this happening. So. So no. so. Listen, I'm gonna tell stealthy. you, I don't have a great memory for the dudes you dated. Like, I think I remember, like, <laughs> the two. I remember, I remember the Southerner, and I remember Superman. Do you feel pressured to fit into, do you feel like you have to ex constantly explain yourself because you don't want to fit into the heteronormative narrative? Yes. Um, I feel like it makes me question my actions sometimes, like, am I doing drag because that's what all my friends are doing? Um, I've never wanted kids, like, I have, like. You've never wanted kids, though. And, and, like, I'm, you know, I'm a good person. I have a lot of love in my heart. But, like, I'm not a nurturer. I'm, I don't, I'm well, not, like, and I'm not saying that that's a reason not to have children, but, like. I also have very, very strong opinions about child rearing, and I don't fall into the category of people I think should have children. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but also, like, not having children is the right thing to do when you don't want them. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and, and I think it's actually really super brave and awesome of you to say that, because I think there are people who have children who never wanted them, and that only creates pain. Mm -hmm. It only creates pain and when people up do kids. that. Yeah, 
like there's it's very very difficult for for people who never wanted to have children to have children and for those children not to be damaged by that yeah my my a family member asked me recently she's like she asked me the same question i was like no i'm not having them and she's like is that because of your mother I was like, well, it doesn't not have to do with her, but I just don't want them. And I, I think I think that's the problem, right? Is that you the fact that you feel like you have to that you have to justify that is wrong, right? Like yeah. people absolutely should be able and should in fact make a conscious choice about whether or not they want to have children. That should mm -hmm. be a conscious choice. I think way too often it isn't. Most of the time, probably it isn't. And I'm not saying that there aren't people who accidentally became children, became parents of children who loved it and were very grateful for that. But if you know that you do not want to have children, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It does not make you a bad person. I mean, I have friends who, I have friends who have made that choice, right? Friends who do not want to have children. Um, and that's, and, and it's hard for them because, I mean, especially as a woman, right? You have to constantly defend that. Mm -hmm. That's not what I want. That's not who I am. Like, I'm not, I'm not a maternal person. I don't want to have kids. And there's nothing wrong with making that choice. Well, and if I, at some point you change your mind later, you can change your mind later. That's fine. But well, And I think what you talked about is really interesting, too, when you had, you know, the moment when you're like, you know, what's more important to me, my, my relationship with my, well, then be a boyfriend, now husband, right. um, you know, what's more important. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think there's also the, the conversation between a couple, you know, what is most important to us? Because right. if one really wants them and the other doesn't, that's going to cause problems too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as, as my mom has always said, every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are your priorities? And, and I think people struggle to, people struggle to figure that out, right? Like you yeah. have to, you have to be really intentional about leading through the stuff that you got taught and the, and the, and the, who are you the, doing it for? Yeah, the lessons that you get from society and how you got raised and whatever. And like, what has that taught you about yourself? How yeah. can you free yourself of those things, right? Like, read some Lynn and Doyle. Mm -hmm. Chad, what are you whelmed about this week? Oh, is it that time? Um, this week, I am whelmed about acceptance. Oh, I was listening to, I know I crapped on Brene Brown a little bit last week, um, but I was listening to her podcast this week and it happened to be one on grief. And I think that um, we are all experiencing the grief of what we consider our normal lives. Mm. And I feel like I, in that respect, I have fallen into, not fallen into, I've moved into a state of, acceptance with what's going on in the world right now and figuring out how to now live in it and find meaning. Wow. Well, I think that's pretty amazing. And I'm just super into that for you. I'm really into this journey, journey for you. For you. <laughs> yeah. 
I love us. Well, uh, in that spirit, uh-huh. I would like to share something I'm whelmed about. Um, what are you whelmed about, Megan? <laughs> Megan? Is, this is a tiny poem I found on Instagram. I gotta tell you. Does it fit um, into a tiny knapsack? <laughs> it would fit perfectly into my baby 2000s backpack. Um, I, I have to say, I really, I, I find a lot of value in Instagram. I realize that it is a social media platform, and so it has flaws, like they all do. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but I, I have been very intentional about cultivating. Um, I, I feel like Instagram is much more cultivatable than, mm-hmm. like, for instance, Facebook, um, at, which I, I feel like is detrimental to my health, honestly. Like right. it's very, it's very bad for my psyche. Or the um, cesspool of Twitter. Yeah, I well, I can't even try Twitter. Um, but I think Instagram. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people who are are trying to do some deep thinking about the world that we live in and the society that we come from and how we might break free of some of that. Um, and so I'd like to read it. Mm, um, it's from an account called Spirit Daughter. So they're just at Spirit Daughter if you'd like to go find them. Growth is not linear. There is no direct line from A to B. The path is full of twists and turns. It makes you think you're headed backwards when really you're moving forward. It takes time, dedication, and patience. It doesn't always make sense, but neither does magic. Aww. So that, that has been Paula, sort of my thought dual for the two week. steps forward, two steps back. Yeah, because I think we're all really experiencing that right now, right? I think I think everybody I know has has in the last few weeks um, had has come to a point where they're feeling really frustrated with where with what's happening in the world and 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 that it's st- that everything's still kind of going on and feeling really stuck and bogged down and sad. Um, and so I think. I, I think that for us to allow ourselves to sit with that and and for it to be okay for us to have any of the feelings that we're having yeah. and for us to remember that we will there you will take a step backwards sometimes but but then you will also go forward again um, and that's how that's how progress happens it's how life happens there's there's no joy without pain right like you have to you have to yeah, and, and, and that's sort of how I think I got to this state of acceptance because I was just getting so frustrated. Yeah. And I was like, I can sit and be angry at the news and angry at the world and angry at the pandemic and angry at the people who don't wear masks. and Or I could put that energy to better use. And that doesn't mean don't be angry. Right. But, you know... Don't but allow don't it. be don't be so angry that it feels like it's poisoning you. Yes, that yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so this was a really fun episode, my dear. Um to the people listening, thank you so much. If you like us, please uh share with your friends, send us what you're whelmed about. We're at Whelmed Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love if you want to rate and review us. It helps new people to find our podcast. And we sure do hope you'll join us next week. What are we going to talk about next week, Chad? Birthday cakes. 
Ooh, well, it'll be just in time. My birthday's only three weeks away. See, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, honey. What would I do without you? You never have to worry about that. Bye.